Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Stand up for your country on the first day of summer, the longest day of the year. So, the airlines melting down. I am Paul Revere, a modern-day Paul Revere. I'm going to prove that coming up. But first, the Talking Points memo, the recession is already here. Now, the definition of an economic recession is when trade and industrial activity are reduced. I don't know about industrial activity. I don't have privy to that. But I do know that trade is almost ground to a halt. And I'm going to explain that. So the experts, they go, oh, we might have a recession in the fall. It's here for the regular folks. So U.S. flight bookings, mainly because of the money, but also because the airlines are so terrible, are down about 2.5% in May from April. That's a big drop in one month, particularly when the summer travel season is the biggest season. All right, so they're down. Auto sales down 3.5% May to April. So people are going, nah, I'm not going to buy now. And not only with travel and auto sales, but with everything across the board. And if you've got to borrow money, it's a terrible time to borrow because the interest rates are way up. Now, the Wall Street Journal, which is probably the best American newspaper, um, they did a survey and they came up with 44% of economists that they talked to see a chance of a recession. Okay? 44%. No, I'm, I read that wrong. Economists, all economists that they say that they talked to see a 44% chance of recession. That's half. Um, but again, these pinheads, you know, they're in Harvard and uh, 44%. It's here. Gay Clyde, it's here. Now, President Biden doesn't know that because he doesn't know anything. Roll the tape. Not the majority of them are saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. But all kidding aside, no, I don't think it is. I was uh, talking to Larry Summers this morning, and uh, there's nothing inevitable about a recession. Okay, Joe. <laughs> so who do you believe, Larry Summers and Joe Biden or me? Now, what do you do? <clears throat> this is important, and we're going to focus in in the months to come on survival tactics for you. So there's nothing you can do to make things better because the federal government has screwed things up so badly in the last 18 months. That's across the board. You know, I'm a simple man. I have one simple question. Show me any policy, any problem that Joe Biden has improved in 18 months. Just give me one. Problem solved or policy. No one can do it. I must have done a thousand radio interviews in the last six months because of the books and everything else. I asked every radio commentator, give me one. Nobody can. Even the people who like Biden. 
So you can't do anything about this in a larger sense. It's here. It's hurting you and your family, and there's no question about it. All you can do is be patient because history goes in cycles. So we're in a down economic cycle. There will be an up economic cycle, but I don't know when. Nobody knows when. You know, Biden's in there for another two and a half years. Although yesterday I said I, I think he might resign next year. But Harris know better. He's no better. But once Republicans get control of Congress, things will stabilize a little bit because Republicans won't pass anything Biden wants. And they'll crack down on, on some of the egregious things like the open border and stuff like that. So you just have to tough it out. We, I'm with you, we have to tough it out. I don't even know if I'm going to look at my um, financial statements when they come in uh, early July. I, I don't even know if I'm going to look at them because it's that painful to look at. Them. Because I know that as bad as it is in maybe a year, I'm hoping maybe less, it'll get better. But if you bail, if you sell everything in a panic, then you're never going to recover. You see what I mean? So we will recover, but I don't know how long it's going to be. Now, if you need to cash now, it's tough. Very, very tough. Now, there are things that I'm going to tell you a little bit later on about food that we can do to mitigate some of this inflationary horror. But the bottom line on this, I don't even like to say bottom line, it's a cliche. Joe Biden is incompetent. You know how I feel. I, I approved it a hundred different ways. If you don't buy it now, if you still think he's a good president, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. Okay, because he's not. He's not going to get any better. He's going to be 80 in November. He's going to get worse. But let's just rally the clear thinking people to make it impossible for Biden to hurt us anymore. And in the meantime, we'll give you some tips to save money and save as much money as you can save. I don't want you to deprive yourself either. So we're not going to say, you know, go on an austerity thing. We're going to give you a little plans. All right. That's a memo. The president's schedule. He has kid vaccines, COVID vaccines for the kids. Uh, you know, OK, fine. Um, there it is. Kids vaccines. You're a parent. You make a decision about your child. Most Americans have come to the conclusion that vaccines don't stop COVID, but they mitigate uh, it if you get it. That's true, I believe, but it's pretty much over. I think most Americans say it's going to be here forever and we'll live with it. It's the flu. But as far as little kids are concerned, it's the parents and you make the call. OK, let's sum up now on, on the situation that we find ourselves in as Americans, loyal Americans. So Joe Biden cannot solve anything, but the top five right now, right today, are inflation, the border, border is a catastrophe, okay? Harvesting energy, we, we can't seem to get ourselves back on track as we were in the Trump administration with the energy flow, all right? Airline collapse, because people have to fly, and violent crime. And we have a big segment on violent crime in the nation's largest county, LA, coming up. It's shocking. So Biden's got nothing on any of that. It's just really, it, to me, I'm a problem solver. It's what I do every day. I run three corporations. I solve problems. Okay. He, he, uh, nah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he just, 
I've never seen this in my lifetime. Carter was bad. Jimmy Carter was bad. But at least he tried. Biden didn't even try. Just ignores it. Now, on to crime and no punishment. So, we reported yesterday two police officers in El Monte, California, that's about 15 miles east of Los Angeles, were shot dead by a criminal gang member, a man who had been convicted a number of times, named Justin William Flores, 35 years old. He killed himself as authorities closed in after the two murders of the police officers. Now, they were named Michael Pardes and Joseph Santana, and here's what Mr. Santana's mother said to the media. Go. Gascon's just letting all these criminals out. And they just keep doing one crime after the other. And that guy should have been in jail. If he wouldn't have been out, my son and the other officer would still be here. Gascon just letting all these criminals out was her first sentence, in case you didn't hear it behind the mask. So almost everybody who pays attention in the nation's largest county, Los Angeles, knows there's something very wrong with the district attorney. So let me back that up with stats. All right. Since he has taken office, murders are up 97 percent, 97 percent. Shootings are up 54 percent since this man stepped into the office of district attorney for the county of Los Angeles. Now, this is outrageous. This is dead thousands of dead people because of one man, George Gasson. Now, how did he get elected? Well, George Soros pumped all kinds of money into his campaign, $2.5 million into a political action committee that supported Gasson in 2018. So he had more money than everybody else. And as you know, Southern California is a lot of liberal people who don't, I guess, care about public safety at all. But now the good news is there is a recall effort and they have enough signatures. So um, Gascon, like Bodine in San Francisco, will go on a ballot. There will be a special vote. And I'll predict that Gascon is out. After these two police officers were murdered by this Flores guy who should have been in jail for life. He should have been serving life because California has a three strikes law, three felonies, and you're gone for life. But Gascon wouldn't wouldn't prosecute that law and hasn't prosecuted the three strikes law. So therefore, Flores, the gang member, violent guy, drug involved guy, he's out there with a gun and he kills the two police officers. That's enough to, to you can't prosecute Gascon. He wasn't obeying California law. So he could be removed by the governor, Newsom, who doesn't care at all. Newsom doesn't care about this public safety menace. So this is, this is again, almost impossible to understand how civil servants can do this and why it is allowed by any state. So joining us now from Southern California is Kathleen Katie. She is a former L.A. deputy district attorney. She knows the turf, and she is the co-chair of the effort to recall district attorney George Gascon. Okay, did I miss anything about Gascon? Am I overstating the case? So I'm here in New York, and I am so angry and appalled. I was just in L.A. a couple of weeks ago, and these 
police officers are dead now. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what more to say. Right. And, and, and that is, I think, how many uh, residents in Los Angeles feel um, as well. So, you know, when Gascon came in, he ran on a platform of reform, which I think some people, you know, believed that um, he would try to make things better. But of course, that's not what happened. He has not made things better. He issued a number of policies that have resulted in um, a, a number of people having been hurt and killed. Um, he's endangered our communities. And for the victims of these crimes, of course, it's been absolutely horrific. So because of that, it was the victims really who started this recall effort. And I will say that it is uh, not political, it's bipartisan. So many, uh, almost all the victims who signed on um, are murder victims' families. Um, they're both Republican and Democrat, uh, independent, declined to state because crime is not political either. So uh, we are at the tail end of our recall efforts. Um, and as you said, I'm one of the co-chairs. Um, we have to submit 567,000 signatures that are verified. Right now we have um, a little bit over that number, but of course not all of them are verified. So our goal is to get to 700,000 so that when the registrar recorder does you know, toss out however many they do, that we still have enough to be able to qualify to get this on the ballot. So for anyone who is in LA, we urge you to sign your petition today, to turn it in today, because we are on the tail end, as I said, of collecting all the signatures. We have to package them up. You know, half a million signatures is a lot. So we have to package them all up and we will deliver them to the Registrar Recorder on July 6th. And, now, where uh, can the uh, people sign? On the internet, where can they go? They cannot sign on the internet. You can go to the internet to recalldageorgegascon.com. You can download the petition and sign the petition. There are uh, places where you can drop it off. You can still mail it. Um, if you mail it by today, we should get it in time. But if you wait a couple of days, we probably won't. So you would need to actually drop it off. And again, on that website, recalldageorgegascon.com, there are a number of locations where you can drop off your petition because it's really critical that we get this issue on the ballot. You know, uh, we can all talk all day long about how dangerous LA is and how horrible his policies are, but unless we get the recall on the ballot, voters will not be able to vote to get him out, and we cannot go another two and a half years with Gascon. Okay. And, and I think every rational person agrees with that. If you do get the signatures, when will the vote take place? Do you know? Well, uh, we anticipate it would probably be in uh, December or early January. Uh, you know, the election code in California has a number of different parameters. You have to wait this many days and this many days and then give it to this person. And so by the when you do all the math, it looks like we probably would get it on the ballot in uh, December or early January. OK, what everybody can't understand, because it's not just an L.A. County problem. It's a problem here in New York, Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore, on and on and on. These progressive district attorneys, many funded by George Soros, so they've got millions and millions of dollars to spread their propaganda. They don't want to punish criminals. Do you understand, no. Ms. Katie, why they don't want to punish criminals? Um, well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's very uh, naive, I think, on their part. Uh, I think they- It's gotta be they more than that, that just, though. It's, well, these, are, it's, these are people who, they know what violence is. They see dead yes. bodies. All right. I believe it's political. They think their country is evil. They persecuted minorities. The USA has. And therefore, the minority uh, criminals should be cut many, much more slack. 
It's not really their fault. They're they're hurting people. I think that's what it is. But how do you see it? Well, I I would agree that uh, certainly many people (laughs) see it that way. Uh, You know, I don't know uh, Gascon personally, uh, so I can't really speak to how he sees it personally. What I can tell you is however he sees it and whatever good he thinks he may be doing, he is misinformed. His policies are dangerous and ill-advised. And line prosecutors who have experience and expertise have been telling him that from the day he took office. But he office doesn't care what they said. No, Bodine, Bodine didn't care what he... And Gascon used to be the DA of San Francisco. He's partially responsible Correct. for the destruction of that of that town. And then Bodine was worse than Gascon, if you can believe it. Voters threw him out, which is incredible in a city like San Francisco. Gascon will get thrown out, too. There's no way he wins this, not after these two police officers were killed. Every Hispanic voter in uh, San Diego, uh, L.A. County will go in and, and boot him. And, and the, I have a lot of friends in L.A. They all say it's a dangerous place. Right. That you don't know. Everybody's armed and, and everybody's in an automobile. And they can hit you, you know, at random. And the gangs run wild in the poor neighborhoods, particularly in uh, East L.A., Compton, those neighborhoods. There's no control over gangs. And there's Gascon not punishing violent criminals. Violent criminals. Right. right. And and I will say, you know, he has many, many, many policies, but one of them is his bail policy. And his bail policy does not allow prosecutors to ask for bail when someone is a felon with a gun. So they have, it's, it's uh, they can have, it's really incredible, actually. Um, now, but, how much responsibility do the people of Los Angeles hold? Because they elected a far, far left law enforcement guy. How much responsibility now, we, we assume that most honest people have awakened in the last two years. But the voters, they get what they vote for, correct? Well, I would say they get what they vote for if the person who is telling them what he's going to do is being honest. And um, that's not what occurred here. He, he made some statements that perhaps people could look at uh, in retrospect and say, well, I guess that's what he meant. But the statements that he made were not nearly as blanket as they are now. And I will say that I personally have represented a number of victims who you know, initially voted for Gascon because they thought that he would make things better because that's what he said. Um, and now they realize, of course, when they look at the actual policies written down and they see the devastation that has occurred, they recognize that he did way more than he ever said he would. And um, so they have absolutely turned tables. And um, so what I would say is that I think uh, the majority, uh, certainly of residents in Los Angeles County have now recognized the devastation of his policies and how he is endangering all of us. And certainly for the murder victims' families that I've represented, they personally um, have been feeling the devastation of his policies. Absolutely. So I think by right Last now, question. I think- Last question. Yeah, Last sorry. question. Okay. Gasson himself in his public statements, you know, the LA Times, that newspaper supports Gascon. They're not supporting you. They're not supporting a recall, the Los Angeles Times. I don't know local news in L.A. I don't get to see it. But the L.A. Times and, and the San Francisco Chronicle supported Bodine. And that's how irresponsible the press is. But when Gascon defends himself against yeah. a 97% increase in homicides and 54% in shootings, does he have anything? What's his defense? Well, he says that his policies haven't been in place for long enough uh, and that we need to just let them play out. And uh, We need more again, bodies, more LA dead County, cops then. Right. So okay. we cannot wait another two and a half years. That's why the of recall course. is so critical. 
Thank you for being the co-chair of the recall effort, uh, Ms. Katie. More Americans should emulate you and get involved at the local level and get rid of these dangerous people. And keep us informed if anything happens out there. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Now let's go to a new survey by WalletHub. I kind of like WalletHub. I don't trust them. I don't believe them. But they do interesting things. And uh, I bring it to you for your consideration. So patriotism. Which are the most and least patriotic states? Here are the indicators, all right? Number of people that sign up for the military. Number of people who sign up for the Peace Corps. Percentage of adult residents who voted in the last presidential election. And there are 10 others, okay? Indicators on involvement in the country. That's what this is all about, this patriotism label. Here are the top 10 most patriotic states. Alaska, number one. Montana, Virginia, North Dakota, Oregon, Maryland, Hawaii, Vermont, New Hampshire, Iowa. Wow. Look at Oregon, very liberal state. And look at Vermont, the socialists up there with Ben and Jerry. But they're involved. You know, they didn't do political leanings here. Least patriotic states. Okay, here we go. Arkansas. Now, that's a shocker. Arkansas. New York. Okay, we all know New Yorkers are very self-absorbed, generally speaking. Rhode Island, Florida, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Indiana, Alabama, Pennsylvania, Louisiana. Now, again, that's participation in military, Peace Corps, and other directly related government things. That's where it is. Now, really, what is patriotism? What is that? Okay, patriotism is sacrificing for your country. Let's keep it simple. And sacrifice for your country. Um, now, people don't want to sacrifice for anything anymore. But the people who were killed in all the wars and, and who uh, law enforcement and, you know, teachers and trying to make things better. And they sacrifice money. So the cops and the teachers can make more money being brokers, right? But they like to improve things. You don't become a police officer or a teacher if you don't want to help people. Simple as that. So they basically, they sacrifice for their country and other citizens. That's what patriotism is. Not wearing a pin lapel. I never wear a pin lapel. Not, and I don't disparage those who do. I just don't need to do that. It's not uh, pledging allegiance, not singing the Star Spangled Banner at the game. It's really trying to figure out how you can make your town, your community, your county better. How to improve lives there. The most patriotic thing I've ever done is uh, get the track chairs for the wounded veterans. Independencefund.org. Still up. So the track chairs cost $15,000. The federal government won't buy them for the amputees, people who are blinded, uh, and all that. So I raised mm, $33 million. So 15,000 a chair, you can just do the math, how many chairs we got. And they changed the lives of these vets who are patriots because they sacrificed their physical well-being for their country, right? They gotta get give back. Now you may remember when I was doing the O'Reilly Factor that we went on a big campaign I got all five living presidents to sign uh, a picture of all of them at the uh, Bush the Younger Library in Dallas. 
and we sold those pictures for an enormous amount of money, and then we did replicas for less money. And we topped 30 million bucks. And all the presidents uh, cooperated with me. The least cooperative, see if you can guess, Jimmy Carter. I had to almost threaten him <laughs> to come down there to planes. Finally did it, but it wasn't easy. And the guy who really was the most cooperative was Obama. Because without him, he signed first. I don't know if I would have gotten Clinton or Carter. The Democrats, Republicans, are, you know, we got those guys. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, so patriotism is something that we really need to personalize. Just do whatever you can to help your country. All right. A lot of people who are patriots are leaving cities, according to the Washington Examiner newspaper, citing census data. San Francisco, the fastest decline of all cities last year. No surprise. It's destroyed. New York City, fifth fastest decline, but the most people. 7% of the population of Manhattan got. Okay, 380,000. Um, the metropolitan area, New York City, Newark, and Jersey City lost almost 400,000 people in 2021. And most of those people were affluent paying big taxes. Pretty bad. And Washington, D.C. had lost more people last year than in the previous two decades. So everybody's giving. Can't live there. Housing prices too, housing prices too high, taxes too high, violent crime too high. Bye. That's what's happening. Airline collapse. Okay, here we go. So you remember it went viral, me yelling at a supervisor for JetBlue who was misleading me and all the other passengers on a plane. I was right. I was wrong to use some colorful language. I regret doing that. But I was right in what I did. So News Nation, which is a news uh, channel, uh, they have been uh, asking me about the airline situation. And I appeared last night with my old colleague, Leland Vitrit, on News Nation. Go. Secretary Pete, I know uh, your favorite person, he tweeted about this. 
Uh, air travelers should be able to expect reliable services demand returns to levels not seen since before the pandemic. Uh, is the problem solved? No, it's not because nobody will deal with the real situation. So I feel like Paul Revere, Leland, last time you had me on, it was because I scolded a JetBlue employee on April 1st when my flight was delayed five hours and the management of JetBlue refused to tell the couple of hundred people waiting in Kennedy why the plane couldn't get off the ground. Of course, we found out it's because they didn't have a pilot. So everybody went to the airport expecting the plane to take off. JetBlue knew they didn't have a pilot and kept everybody waiting five hours. Hey, look, these airline companies got $54 billion in COVID money. Did you know that, Leland? Yes. Yeah, we, we did, we did segments on billion. it. $54 Right, right. But, but, yeah. but President Trump saying... didn't demand changes. He didn't demand better service standards. He didn't demand that the, air, that the CEOs couldn't get bonuses. There wasn't anything tied to that money. He let them get away with robbery and wait not repay wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Trump? Okay, so under Trump, the airlines were bad, but they weren't a catastrophe, which they are now because Buttigieg, in a stroke of the pen, could find every single company that has an unexplained delay and cancellation. Okay, so the power of the federal government is oversight, as you know, oversight. Why? Because the airports are public property. They're owned by the taxpayers. So who's getting hosed? I believe it's the taxpayers. The airlines aren't getting hosed. They got their $54 billion. Okay, so that's the truth. The federal government could start fining all of the airline corporations, and then you'd see things improve. But not until then. Restaurant survival guide. So I got a lot of mail on this, and I, I told people, look, I'm not buying a cheeseburger for $25. I don't even care if they throw fries in. I'm not doing it. I'm not paying $38 for a lobster roll. I'm just not going to do it. So when I go to a restaurant now, I order a couple of appetizers usually. I, the $45 um, lamb chop entree, no. I might have a lamb chop, I'll buy it, and uh, somebody will cook it for me. Okay, not, not going to do it. And uh, that's the way to handle this. So you go into the restaurant. I want you to go to restaurants. I mean, it's a relief and some are very, very good. But you look, you look and see. All right. So you get two appetizers. So you get a uh, wedge salad uh, and a big bowl of soup. I'm full. That fills me up. And I got, I took the urchins out. I got two appetizers for the table. I got lobster mac and cheese, primo. It was so good. A little expensive, but was it crazy? All right. And then we got these uh, dip things. It was asparagus and, 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 you know, it was vegetables and they get the little chips, whatever. And by the time you ate that, three people, you weren't totally full, but you were there three quarters of the way. So you got to be smart about it. You can cut down your expenditures, which is the key because you got to pay more for gas and basic food and clothing and everything else. You cut it down. So now I walk even more than I was. Um, I walk into town sometimes. It's about three quarters of a mile, but I used to drive all the time. And, you know, it's not that I'm going to save that much money on three quarters of a mile. I'm not, but I'm just, 
I'm doing everything I can possibly do to get this thing down because the consumers control the prices. You don't know that. Look, if we buy less gas and there's a gas surplus, prices are going to come down. It's supply and demand. If you think a company's hosing you on shrinkflation, don't buy it. You know, Costco, Sam's, and all these other big trunk stores, they have sales. You know that. Bulk it. Bulk it. When there's something good goes on sale that you know you're going to use, and okay, you go into these uh, little bodegas or whatever it may be, they, they're doubling what you charge. You've got think, 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 think. This day in history, June 21st, again, first day of summer, 1982, John Hinckley found not guilty for almost killing President Reagan. He's the assassin. He pled not guilty by reason of insanity, and the jury said, yeah, he's insane. Why? Try to commit suicide twice. You know about the Jodie Foster stuff, the actress. He, yeah, he wasn't in his right mind. But they just let him out. As you know, we reported this. Um, because they say, well, he's not a danger to anybody anymore. I'm not sure about that. I don't know. But he's trying to go on a, he's a musician. He's trying to go on a tour. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, he just should go away. Play a ukulele behind a sand dune somewhere and leave us all alone. So this day in history, June 21st, 1982, Hinckley, not guilty, reason of insanity. All right, mail segment and a final thought. We are going to announce the new Killing book. And I'll have to explain this. Uh, I think you're going to be very, very surprised. Right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, let's get to the mail. Norman Reinwald, La Mesa, Texas. Bill, specifically, what would compel President Biden to resign? His own party. His own party's going to tell him, Joe, you got to go. Because the party, the Democratic Party, as long as he's there, they're under it. And again, I told you that Kamala is not going to be, she's just a placeholder. They got to get out of Joe. Patricia Rutter, uh, Telford, Pennsylvania, President Biden resigns. Harris would be president, who then would be the VP. Uh, whoever the new president is appoints a VP has to be uh, approved by the Senate. Arlene Yost, San Luis Obispo, California. Couldn't agree with you more, O'Reilly. I was sad to see President Biden fall off his bike. It seems symbolic of the tumble our country is taking. That was a message yesterday, and uh, everybody read it. 
Let's go to the message boards. Roy, I've got your regret your 2020 vote sticker on my truck. It's not coming down until Joe Biden's out of office. Okay. You know, you're an American, Roy. You let people know how you feel. Absolutely. John Bosford, Tarpon Springs, Florida. Can you tell us what the giveaway is that we are in a recession? Consumer spending dropping fast. Simple as that. Consumer spending drops. We're in a recession. Julia Whittem, Saratoga Springs, Utah. My daughter-in-law works for JetBlue. She told me the reason they don't cancel flights when there is not a pilot is because they don't have enough backup. And if they do cancel, they lose their landing spots. Say, that's their problem, Julia. You don't tell customers there's going to be a flight at a certain hour and you know that flight's not going to get out. It's fraud. It should be a class action suit against these people. Tony D. College Point, New York, that's Queens. Mr. O'Reilly, why aren't sanctions against Russia working? They are working. Putin's destroyed his own country. What do you see? What do you see? Now, you're never going to hear that because nothing comes out of there, but he has. Sandra, Bill, I loved your 7-Eleven story. Ever since COVID, I've been putting 10 sometimes $20 in tip jars. Well, that's very nice of you, Sandra. It really is. I, I'm, I'm tipping much better than I used to as well. Don't want everybody, you know, I know, it's hard times. Hey, look, you, got, you buy Killing the Killers on BillOReilly.com. I've told you this. You get Killing the Mob free. We, t- we take a loss on that. But I did that because, you know, I know people are suffering. So we want to give some solace. You want the books, great summer reads, there you go. Lee, concierge member, I'll talk about the concierge membership in a moment. Bill, thank you for mentioning the complexity of the human eye and applying it to God. One cannot marvel at that complexity without believing there is a divine inspiration behind it. That's my theory. Okay, so word of the day, do not be pawky, P-A-W-K-Y. Let's get that out of the way. Um, If you become a concierge member, I am then your public advocate. So I'm getting a lot of letters on travel. I'll give you one example. Concierge member yesterday says, look, I'm driving from Florida to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, going to be in the Smokies. Then I'm driving cross country to Breckenridge, Colorado. Where should I stop and what is it to see west of St. Louis? And I said, why are you going to St. Louis? Go to Route 40 through Nashville and Memphis and right across Arkansas, pretty state, into Oklahoma, and then on to Santa Fe, New Mexico, a really nice place. Then you go north on a local road through the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, the Rockies, to Breckenridge. That's the way to go. It's a great ride. Now, that's what I can do for concierge members. Consider it. All right, final thought on the new killing book in a moment. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. 
the Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here is the final thought of the day. So as you know, Killing the Killer is massive success. Uh, Number one, uh, everywhere and hanging tough. Almost two months in the marketplace. So Killing the Killer is supposed to be out last year. But COVID, as I told you, we couldn't get the books printed. So it had to come out in May. But I had another book already to go. So the publisher, because Killing the Killer has done so well, they got want to get out the next book in time for the Christmas season. So September 27th, you will see, drumroll please, Killing the Legends. Okay? The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. Killing the legends. It's about Elvis Presley. It's about John Lennon. It's about Muhammad Ali. This is popular history. Okay. All three of those men, Elvis, Lennon, Ali, influenced our society. All three of them were manipulated. It was unbelievable what happened to all three of them. And it was almost eerie in the similarity. We tie it all together. Book begins with Elvis, goes to Lennon, Ali is the third. It's boom, boom, boom. You're going to be, your eyes are going to go like this. Now, I know I'm going to get, he go, oh, this isn't really history. It is. It is history. It's popular history, societal history. And it's important that people know that even though you're on top of the world, powerful, celebrity, wealthy, famous, everything, you can get devastated. And how these three guys did get devastated? I mean, it's one of these. Because when we researched it, I knew that all three of them met their demise in, in a bad way. I knew that, but I didn't know what happened to them behind the scenes, because the tabloid press never tells you the truth. This is not a tabloid book, by the way. This is a real methodical examination of uh, three very famous people who had an impact on everybody all over the world, all three all over the world, not just the USA. And what was really happening to them during the process. And what do you hear? What do you see, Elvis? I open with Viva Las Vegas. That's how we open the Elvis uh, part of the book. You have no idea. And Ali, I opened in Manila, the thriller in Manila. And John Lennon, we opened with the last album being recorded by the Beatles. And what was going on there? So this book, again, will be out on September 27th, um, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. And I think you will like your pre-order on BillOReilly.com. Get it first. And we have put the... um, Press release on 
the website. You can read the whole thing, and I hope you will consider it. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. See you tomorrow.